So maybe some of you showed up tonight uh, thinking that we were going to have the normal readings. First reading, Psalm, second reading, Gospel. You got some bonus tonight. Four more readings from the Old Testament, four more Psalms. Because on this night, on this night, we're, we're journeying through the whole of salvation history, remembering the reality from the beginning until Christ's resurrection and the impact of the entire story, particularly of the, the resurrection of Christ, his resurrection from the dead in our lives today. So as we started outside, the sacred liturgy, the Catholic liturgy, is, is not just something that we are doing as a ritual. It's not just something to help us remember things. But actually we believe mystically by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit that the mysteries that we celebrate mystically bring us back in time to when they first happened. And actually they come to us in our day and time because Christ as God exists outside of space and time but as man he entered into our world and so when we celebrate the sacred liturgy Jesus himself is the bridge between heaven and earth so as we were outside we began outside by the Easter fire that it was as if we were in Egypt in slavery. And the Lord came to rescue us, to set us free. And now we journeyed with those Israelites through the desert, being led by the pillar of fire, which is Christ himself. And it's as if they, right, and that reality, particularly the reality of Christ, who is the one who comes to fulfill all of the Old Testament, again, is present to us here and now. In the darkness of our world. In the darkness of our world. In your individual lives. In your family's lives. In my life in our culture, in our country, wherever there is darkness, Christ comes as the light to pierce the darkness. He comes as the light to pierce the darkness. We read in John's Gospel at the very beginning that the light has come and is shown in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Outside, right after we, we lit the Paschal candle, the words proclaimed that I proclaimed as the priest say, may the light of Christ rising in glory dispel the darkness of our hearts and our minds. It's key. May the light of Christ rising in glory dispel the darkness of our hearts and our minds. Because we come in here now, right, and we can turn the lights on. And during the day, the sun illuminates things for us. We all know that we're in the dark. We can kind of adjust unless it's like legitimately pitch black. It's pretty hard. 
But generally in the dark, we can adjust and to be able to see, but we only see very dimly and in like shadows. So there's not a real clarity and we're fumbling around in the midst of the dark. But when the lights come on, there's a clarity. But here, here's what our Holy Fathers tell us is both Pope Francis and Pope Benedict, Lumen Fidei, if your homework in Easter is to read Lumen Fidei, the light of faith. Not a joke, real homework. It's encyclical from Pope Francis' first one. Pope Benedict wrote a lot. It's so darn good. You won't regret it. I promise. Promise. Holy Father says this. The sun does not illumine all of reality. Its rays cannot penetrate to the shadow of death. The place where men's eyes are closed to its light. The sun cannot illuminate everything. The sun cannot illuminate where he says death. We could even say cannot illuminate our minds and our hearts in the darkness that is there, but only the light of faith. It says in the absence of light, everything becomes confused. It is impossible to tell good from evil or the road that takes us to a destination from other roads that take us in endless circles. Without the light of faith, it is only possible that we're somehow stumbling along in half knowledge and half half confusion and just going around in circles. But it's the light of faith, the light of Christ, that actually illuminates the path to Jesus who is himself the way, the truth, and the life. All of you are here tonight because you have believed in the Lord in some particular way. And there is a light that has been shed in your mind and in your heart to be here. Particularly thinking of the catechumens who will be baptized in just a few moments, like in an hour or so when I'm done preaching. Uh, <laughs> all the readings, we've got to say a lot, you know, I mean, it's just what it is. No, no I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. This, this light of faith, right, piercing the darkness in our own life that is illuminating the things that come before us, right? Now, what do we want as we approach the Lord oftentimes in our life? We want the Lord, hey, Lord, turn all the lights on at once. Right, turn all the lights on at once. I want to know all the things. It's like we think, again, you know, we think that our life is like some theological or some spiritual game, board game, or a video game or something like, all right, give me the cheat codes right now. How do I do this? Just give me all the information so that I can navigate it all. And brothers and sisters, when we do that, when we're seeking that, because the knowledge of the Lord, the knowledge of ourselves, the knowledge of the spiritual life is vitally important for us. It is vitally important. What happens is oftentimes we're like, Lord, just tell me all the things because then I can control it. 
Once I know all the things that I need to know about you, about me, about the spiritual life, all the things in my own life, what my future is going to be, once you give me that, then, I, then I'll feel safe and I can control it. Brothers and sisters, you don't want to be in control. We want to, but we shouldn't want to. Because we will steer ourselves off the path at almost every turn. At almost every turn. And it is actually a pretty anxious way to live. You might think, no, 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 it's anxious that I don't know what's going on. Like, that's what's anxious. No, actually, when we feel like all of our life is up to us, that is an anxious place to live. So the invitation from the Lord, the invitation in faith, is the Lord is saying, trust me. What I give to you is myself. And the things you need to know, when you need to know them, trust me. And we have to use our reason. We need to use our reason. Some Christians say no to reason. The reason also is a light to us, but it is an imperfect light, and only the light of faith in communion with reason begins to illuminate things for us. I've read uh, part of Lumen Fidei in the middle of Lent and said this right, the opposite of faith, the Holy Father tells us, is not unbelief but idolatry idolatry that we that we make these things we try to control it on our own and believe me i've done it i am doing it right now in my life unfortunately and i will do it again and the lord's invitation consistently to me is like andrew hey buddy yeah remember me uh, yes lord i do um what are you doing oh like i'm working things out in my life lord and in the church no you're messing them up Put down your idols. Put down your idols. Look at me. The opposite of faith is shown to be idolatry. When Moses is speaking to God on Sinai, the people cannot bear the mystery of God's hiddenness. They cannot endure the time of waiting to see his face. When do we most want to control things? We've gone in, hey Lord, please come, reveal this thing to me. Please reveal this thing to me, I need help. Oh, it's been like five minutes, maybe you didn't get the message. Hey Lord, it's me again. The thing that I'm asking you for, you can send me an email, call, text, DM me on Instagram, whatever you want. Any avenue is good. And it seems that the Lord is still quiet. Just like the Israelites. Right? The Lord just set them free from slavery. And Moses is like, hang out here. I'm going to talk to the Lord. We're going to make a covenant. And I'm coming back down. And they're like, well, I mean, Moses is taking a long time. Let's just make our own God. Like, How crazy is this? We do the same thing. We cannot bear the waiting, but faith by its nature demands renouncing the immediate possession which sight would appear to offer. Like, I want to know the thing right now, 
but it's just an appearance. It is an invitation to turn to the source of light while respecting the mystery of his countenance, which will unveil himself personally in his own good time. Can I surrender needing to know and understand everything? Again, knowledge is good and understanding is important. They are gifts from the Lord. We should seek them, but they are not the greatest good. God himself is, and our faith is ultimately in him. And so we need to be mindful that as we're seeking knowledge and we're seeking understanding, which we should do, what we should be mindful of is that we're not seeking them for the sake of us being in control, but that we're seeking the Lord to be the one who will lead us. And the reason that he doesn't tell us everything at once is so that we will trust him and not ourselves. I think all the time, like, I was praying and praying from when I was here and this crazy idea of, like, wait, may God, God might be calling me to be a priest. I'm like, there's no way God's calling me to be a priest. Ask anybody in my life. They will tell you the same thing. This is not a good idea. But it would not leave me alone. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, what's the plan? Tell me the plan. Got a lot of things riding on this. I'm studying. I'm dating this girl all this other stuff in my life. I go to seminary, like, what's the plan? What's the plan? For years, I'm like, Lord, what's the plan? What's the plan? And the Lord's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm here. I love you. Trust me. I'm like, trust what? Where are we going? And what I wanted, right, I wanted it all written out. I wanted it all written out. What would happen is the Lord would have given it to me all written out. Then what would I have a relationship with? This manual. Okay, well, on August 12th in 2010, this will happen in your life. Oh, great. Well, who's in charge? Me. This is not good. But there's an invitation to surrender to the Lord himself. An invitation to surrender to the Lord himself. Since to speak of faith often involves speaking of a painful testing. We know this. Lord, where are you? I'm crying out to you. Yet it is precisely in such a testing that St. Paul sees the most convincing proclamation of the gospel. For it is in weakness and suffering that we discover God's power, which triumphs over our weakness and suffering. And I can promise you, brothers and sisters, this is true for me. That in the moments where literally... I have tried and I have tried and I have tried to do and figure out what the Lord wants for me. I'm like, Lord, I got nothing left. And I'm on the ground, like so tired that I can only crawl with my fingers. And I'm like, I can still make it. I will still go. And it's literally until I'm just on the ground exhausted. Lord, I have no more. It's like, what took you so long? What took you so long? I don't know, Lord. I was trying to do what you wanted me to do. I was trying to figure it out. His invitation just to come to me in my brokenness, in my, in, in my sin, and in my poverty, and just love me. And in those moments where it was clear that I couldn't do what I wanted to do, 
and I couldn't move where I wanted to move, and I genuinely had nothing. That's like the Lord was coming into my tomb. He's coming into my tomb and saying, Andrew, come. I have risen, and I want you to come with me. It's like Lazarus, roll away the stone. Andrew, come out. Unbind him. And then I'm like, Lord, why is this so hard? Because you are hard-headed. Legitimately. And so the invitation tonight, the invitation tonight on this, the resurrection, is for us wherever we are in the midst of the darkness of our life, that we want some immediate answer what the Lord is offering us, what the Lord is offering us is Christ crucified and risen, his very self. And he is the light. And as we trust him, brothers and sisters, he is a sure compass to lead us to the heart of the Father, here and unto eternity. The Holy Father says this, Faith is not a light which scatters, scatters all of our darkness, but a lamp which guides our steps in the night and suffices for the journey. It's a lamp which guides our steps in the night and suffices for the journey. To those who suffer, God does not provide arguments which explain everything. To those who suffer, God does not provide arguments that explain everything. Rather, his response is that of an accompanying presence. I have been crucified. I know the darkness of the cross, and I know the darkness of the tomb. All darkness in your life I have passed through, and I am with you. To those who suffer, God does not provide arguments which explain everything, but rather his response is that of an accompanying presence. A history of goodness which touches every story of suffering and opens up a ray of light. In Christ, God himself wishes to share this path with us and offer us his gaze so that we might see the light with him. The resurrection is the light of Christ pouring in the midst of our darkness, and the darkness shall not overcome it. I'll close here with this last quote from Pope Benedict. He says, darkness has used its ultimate weapon, death. What is the ultimate weapon in your life right now where the enemy is proclaiming death, like this thing in your life is over? It may not be physical death. This thing in your life is over. This door is closed. You shall not enter and you shall not pass. Where is that place in your life where the enemy is speaking that to you? This is what Christ says to us. But the resurrection affects a great reversal. Light has won the victory and now reigns unconquerably. This light here pierced the darkness. And the light of Christ and the light of faith in him is infinitely more powerful. 
Light has won the victory and now reigns unconquerably. At present, the Holy Father is honest, right? It is true. At present in this world, before the Lord comes again, he says, night continues. There is darkness in your life and in my life and in the world. At present, night continues. But it is a night in which a light has been lit. And that light is the risen Christ. The darkness in your life is a night in which a light has been lit. And that light is Christ. He's not offering us all the answers, but he is telling us I have cru- I've been crucified and I am risen. Come. I am with you. Follow me. When the Lord comes again, the day will dawn and last forever. At present, night continues, but it is a night in which a light has been lit. When the Lord comes again, The day will dawn and last forever. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at Christ the King is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.